the smoke of the burning buildings, you see her glide leisurely toward you. It is indeed Sabera, one of the fallen four whom you once called ally. Oh, Sab- this bitch! Uh, <laughs> Sabera is a tall, slender woman, though you wouldn't know it from her attire. Garbed in a floor-length cloak, dark purple, with two thin bands of white running along the bottom edge, only her black sleeves and ghostly pale hands can be seen. Her head is adorned with the jawless skull of a particularly monstrous mountain ram, whose downward-curving horns have been dyed purple to match her cloak. Kelbesque would be envious. A round, dark gem has been affixed to the forehead of the skull helmet, matching the one on her thick ivory collar. Almost leaking out from the sides of the skull are scraggly ribbons of jet-black hair, which provide a stark contrast to Sabera's sharp, pallid jawline, which is almost all that can be seen of her face. A perpetual shadow cast by the helmet obscures her eyes. Sabera's cold, black lips begin to twist into a smug, crooked, yet somehow elegant smile. Over the hiss and crackle of the flames of the burning buildings, and over the shouts and screams of the surviving citizens of Portoa, you hear her speak as you begin to regroup. Quite impressive, she says with a slight nod. I can see how it was possible for you to defeat my emperor. You do possess great power, but power does not make one wise. I wonder, have you taken a moment to consider how you've been using that power? You seek what we seek, the floating tower. And why? To keep it out of our hands? To ensure that no harm comes to your people because of its destructive capabilities? Why, not even a week ago, I was hearing reports of how you were training townsfolk to become soldiers, teaching them how to defend themselves and protect the ones they love. There were rumors of miraculous recoveries from injury and illness thanks to your magic. We even had a group of soldiers ambushed at their own ambush, thanks to some clever espionage that we're sure you had a hand in. You were leaders. You were heroes. And now you're abandoning the people who need you just to gallivant across the continent towards something you don't fully understand. Blah, 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 I tag her. Okay. Uh, roll the hit. <laughs> I, assume you're, uh, I assume you're charging up and doing a, uh, a level one shot. I'm doing a level three shot. She's been talking a hell of a long time. Okay, uh, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, I rolled 25. 25 is a hit. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> what? She was chatty. You know, that's... Did she, did she have a, uh, a negative to her dodge for, uh, not paying attention while this is happening? Uh, you could possibly consider this to be flat-footed, although I think she'd notice Kensu charging up there, especially with the swirly orbs around him. <laughs> True. You know, she she's she sounding so smug. I imagine she's the type that, you know, is like closing her eyes. She's just like, mm, yes, oh, you've been doing this, mm, yes. <laughs> well, oh, you well, can't actually see her eyes, so it's entirely possible. So, yeah, so I, I hit uh, 28 damage. <laughs> Unleashed thunder and lightning <laughs> all over. It's just a light show. And lightning bolts are driving into her. And good, just seem to gently absorb into her cloak. Uh-huh. What? What, Nathaniel? Nathaniel? <laughs> Nathaniel? Yes? No. No. In fact, maybe she's weak against Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, maybe you haven't played Crystallis and tried to use that sword against her. I already tried mine and it failed, so... <laughs> she just 
keeps talking, doesn't even seem to notice this oh. tickling all around her. Ouch, that's harsh. She says, look around you. Do you truly comprehend the consequences of your actions? Can you truly call yourselves... Throw on her and yell skulls or murder. You can do that. She just keeps talking over you. Can you truly call yourselves wise men when your first instinct is always one of self-interest? You destroyed, uh, you destroyed an entire ecosystem to buy a pathetic... Uh, lady, plate. you're the worst. Lady, you're the worst. Stop talking and fight us. Hurry up. <laughs> no, she's, she's in full-on lecture mode. You destroyed an entire ecosystem to buy a pathetic metal plate that you'll trade away with the next armor shop. She's talking Why? about you, Mike. <laughs> While you stood around retaliating at my zombie minions for attacking you, you allowed three innocent townspeople to burn to death, a crucial boatkeeper to be slaughtered in front of his horrified daughter, and a portly innkeeper to be sliced up like a holiday ham. Meanwhile... Half the buildings in town are still on fire, and there's no telling how many wounded I left behind in the palace. You're questing after this tower to rescue people from possible danger, but you can't even rescue those in danger. She casually flicks her wrist to the side, launching a fireball at one of the charred townspeople who had been attempting to crawl to safety. Make that four innocent townspeople. Uh. She Your greatest failure, however, is filling your head with all that knowledge and never putting it to use. You know full well that I possess the magic of telepathy and change. My disguise should have been easy enough for you to see through, but you never attempted to look past the surface. I felt you intercept a fragment of my telepathic message to my comrades, but you never gave it any great thought. Even if I somehow escaped undetected, my zombie minions should have been a dead giveaway. Whether by way of local... She made a pun! She made a pun! <laughs> and she doesn't even seem to acknowledge that she made a pun. She just keeps going. Whether by way of local rumor or magical assessment, you should have known that my monsters were not really monsters, but ordinary people who had been transformed into horrible creatures and whose minds had been overtaken by my magic, a process that is easily reversible by your own magic or by slaying the caster. I might recommend you start writing letters of condolence to their families, except that they have no families left, for you have murdered the entire population of the settlement on Evil Spirit Island, along with the entire population of the seaside village of Joel. Okay, okay, about okay. That. Who, who, that it doesn't, who is, who that isn't asking for it settles on Evil Spirit Island? I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> Industrious young folks trying to give the island a better name, apparently. Then change the damn name. <laughs> They're working on it. It's not a good place yet. <laughs> also, God, I hate villains like this. Uh, they're wordy. And they're like, oh, you could have saved them. It's like, yes. Yes, why don't we blame the Holocaust on America because we didn't get into World War II until later. It's like, yeah. Oh, no. Holocaust is totally our fault. It's that same 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 type of logic. But I digress. Can we kill this bitch? Not with your sword. <laughs> well, give me crystallis. I'm sure I had time enough to put the swords together and charge up to like level ten by the time she was done talking. Uh, it depends on what the rest of the party's doing during this whole spiel. Can you guys all just be going like ugh with me? <laughs> I think I'm still over by the boathouse. Actually, you've all gradually migrated into earshot of her, so you're all relatively close together now. Oh, okay. 
Any chance we could be making knowledge checks to find out her weakness? Yes. Uh, what, what kind of Does she knowledge? Get her power that? from talking. Is that where she gets her power? <laughs> Actually, just from previous experience with her, you know that her weakness is fire, and that she seems to be immune to any other kind of element. Someone shoot this bit of fire. Who has fire? I know. I have fire. Uh, while, so, while she was while she's talking though, can I uh, use sleight of hand to steal her cloak? Uh, you will you will need to get up to her. Hmm. Um. And she's currently 50 feet away on the other side of the water. That does make a problem. I'll just charge up my sword then to hit her with fire. Okay, you do that. Uh, where are we standing quite exactly? I'm, I'm guessing we would be... You're now back in a clump around the... Uh, just on the, the north side of the bridge where the pawn shop is. Okay. And where the fortune teller house is. Yeah. And she's on the other side of the water standing on the... Portcullis is the first word that comes to mind, though that's definitely not the right one. The the Linnell? Lanai, is that what I we think, called it? I think Lanai was Lanai. what we said. Lanai. I, I took that from Golden Girls, though, so that's probably not fitting in it. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so that's where she's standing. So you can charge up your sword, go ahead and fire. Uh, what level? Level 2 or level 3 and use some magic power with it? Uh, I'll go nuts. I'll go 3. Whoa. Okay, so remember that the magic power... Uh, MP consumption is listed next to the level 3 attack. Okay. As it is important. And, while all of this is going on, just as a reminder, uh, first of all, I believe, Tornell, you had dropped your sword at your feet to switch out weapons, so it would behoove you to actually pick up the sword (laughs) before you start charging this soon-to-be-useless soldier sword that doesn't actually do anything. And you also... um, Zebu, you were poisoned... And Tornell, you were poisoned and also had this sticky webbing all over you that Sabera fired uh, that is actually pulsing and almost like sucking the magic out of you. So by the time you get around through all of this, I would estimate... Uh, Let's see. At this point... You would have uh, both lost 20 hit points from the poison, nice. and you also uh, would have lost that many magic points, Tornell, from okay. the whip. So well, you may go while ahead. While she was talking, I went back to the inn, and I, I uh, slept, so I'm back at full. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you do? I went back to the inn and slept. Uh, I think I got a nice like three or four hour nap in while she was talking. So okay, I'm and the uh, building burned down on you and you died. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> so are are we attacking Tornell? I hope not. I'm just going to be attacking her. <laughs> Thanks for the All right, two attack I got. Oh, natural 20. Possible critical. And for a hit I got 26. That is a hit. That, that is critical. Right? So roll oh, your no, damage and then uh I believe I'm sorry, that was that was my damage. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. oh. You you roll an attack roll a second time to to confirm whether it's actually a critical hit. So if your second roll, if it were a normal attack, would hit her, then it's confirming that you have a critical hit, and then you get to apply the multiplier that's listed oh. in your little weapon box. So that would be 16. Okay, that is not a hit. So it's not a critical, but it is still a, you're doing damage. Okay, and my damage is 26. Very nice. That's the first serious hit. Well, first, actually hit, really, uh, that she's had on her. And 
with the massive fireball explosion uh, that erupts there. You can see her sort of struggling and shouting over it uh, for a moment while she's continuing her talk, but she just takes it. Your webbing has finally dissipated, Tornell. Yay. It just sort of dries up and falls off. Uh, you are still poisoned, however. And as she's uh, looking around at the uh, all of the destruction and everything that's going on, she takes a look around, she sighs in satisfaction, and then begins an effortless backwards retreat, snaking back and forth until she's out of sight. As she departs, you hear her voice in your heads, I would have been content to shake them up with a burning building or two, but you've done so much more for me, and I thank you. The surviving uh, residents uh, <laughs> The surviving residents of Portoa huddle together, glaring at you in enraged disbelief. There's a loud crash as the burning roof of the armor shop collapses, but the people hardly flinch. They await a response from you so called wise men. They stare at you expectantly. If you'll oh, remember right, dudes, uh she was shooting fireballs at you. She wasn't using our hands. <laughs> it was her. And then you hear a little girl's voice shout from out back, Yeah, but your hands weren't doing anything useful. You were just attacking some monster. You could have been putting out fires, and you could have saved my friend. What were you doing, little girl? What you could you use a bucket of water. <laughs> you got hands? You can put out fires with that. I hope your parents died. <laughs> we're the worst fights. 47% of the people of Portoa don't want to help. Get rid of these generals. Forty-seven percent of the people are just going to do nothing. Everybody starts to shake their heads at you. A couple of them spit in your general direction, and you hear some calls to action of "Let's put out this fire. Let's go run and clean this up. Check if this person's okay." And everybody just sort of walks away from you. The only person who stands there as everybody goes off doing things is the very agile man who was completely clad in gray with the graying hair that was still youthful looking, uh, who had gone in to rescue the pawn shop owner. And he steps up to you and he says, I'm sorry, I haven't had a uh, an opportunity to properly introduce myself. My name is Evans. I teach etiquette at the palace. At least I used to until half of my students were killed. <sighs> so we are left with the owner's task of rebuilding this poor town or city, or village, or whatever it may be. We would appreciate any help that you can provide. I see that you all have magical swords. I've heard tell of your prowess and your abilities. I've heard that you can put out flames with that water sword of yours. That would be appreciated. I know that some of you have healing magic. If there's any humanity in you, it would certainly be appreciated for you to... Yeah, Make up I some. My All right. He appreciates it and sends you off uh, in the direction of someone who looks like they've been poisoned. Um, 15 experience points, Asina, for volunteering yourself. And he says, I think it's safe to say that you are no longer welcome in Portoa, although assisting with the cleanup effort would uh, certainly keep you from being on the wanted list. Not that there's much that we can do about it uh, after that. Where are you headed, anyhow? What what brought you here? Pointing to the sky. Ah. Oh, that, that tower up there. We, yes, the floating tower. We're going to kill it. Did you find all of the information that you needed for your journey here? Uh, no. Maybe. We were hoping to find a way to get there. Well, 
it seemed to have taken up residence over the Angry Sea, which is, uh, we're almost on the Angry Sea as it is. I would normally recommend to you to take the boat of our fair boatkeeper here. However, it doesn't move unless it's given command by its owner. It is a magical boat. So and I'm afraid it's a magical lamp. Uh, the boat itself does not necessarily need a magical lamp. Uh, I believe that may be what gave the owner power over it. Uh, but it is a very nice lamp. I don't know if you've ever seen it. <sighs> but as he seems to be dead now, there will be no moving that boat. It sure does. So the only other option that I can offer you is that inside the palace in the throne room, there is a secret passageway that leads out to the Angry Sea. I've never been in there myself, but I understand that it should take you right there, and hopefully you'll find some other means of transportation. Uh, perhaps after some of these buildings, if we don't manage to put them out in time, you might find some wreckage of a door some planks that you can use as paddles and uh, make your way across the sea. Can I be of any further assistance before I go back and try and revive what's left of this town or city or village or whatever it may be? Uh, I think that's... You got any healing items? Uh, antidotes? <laughs> he looks over at the item shop that's now starting to catch fire from the inn adjacent to it being on fire, and he says, I do suppose we have some for sale over there by uh, by the inn, but uh, they're hot items. You should pick them up quickly. Uh, I th- waka waka! <laughs> I think I'm going to go heal some people. All right. And another 15 experience points for you for going off and doing the right thing. Yes, thank you. Kensu and Tornell. You jerks. Uh, I'm going to run into the item shop and see what I can get before it burns down. Okay, you run into the item shop and you see Frank, the sharp-featured young man with the, the helmet and the armor, frantically trying to wave his herbs at the fire to put it out. And it just seems to be making things worse. And he's shouting, Ah, oh, all of the times where I asked for something to put in here as a sort of fire extinguisher, even a bucket of water. No, no one says, Congratulations, you did a great job on stopping the monsters from invading the town. Here's a bucket of water in case your shop ever catches fire. And he just starts to re- force himself not to break down into tears in the corner. Yep, bucket of water. In your- no, Frank, you're, you're, you're the best shopkeeper. You, you need to get out of here. You need to save yourself. Those plants, those herbs, they look highly flammable. Let me take them out of here for you. It's just going to make it worse. He says, no, 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 I'll do it myself. But I appreciate the offer, and I appreciate your kind words. And then he takes and he opens up the glass display cases that have all of the herbs in them and starts shuffling them into a sack. You want to you wanna sell any of those to me at a discounted price? A, a fire sale, if you will? I would love to. What can I do for you? Uh... <laughs> I'm selling a medical herb, warp boots, which are conspicuously large to fit in this little sack of herbs, <laughs> lysis plants, and a fruit of lime. Many fruits of lime. Fr- fruit of limes. You got anything that cure- cures poison? I do not. We haven't had a shipment <laughs> in of that in well, quite well. a long time. I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, guys, we could work together on this. Someone could put out the water and heal poison. While all of this is going on, Zebu and Tornell have taken an extra 16 damage from poison. Can, wait, can I 
Can I just use my antidote herb that I have yes, before that happens? Okay, I'm not going to take that, and instead I'm going to use this herb a while okay. ago in the past. <laughs> so are we buying anything from poor Frank the shopkeeper? Uh, I will... How much is he willing to sell a lysis plant for? How much are you willing, Frank? Uh, well, normally that goes for $200 uh, here, but, uh, you know, being a, a fire sale and all, uh, let it go for half price. Uh, all right. I, I think I can do that because I, I actually listened to the old podcast and found out how much money I had. <laughs> so uh, that'll be good. Yeah, I'll t- we'll take that for 100 there you go. Pleasure doing business with you. And it's also half price because you'll never again in this game be finding anything that'll paralyze you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Actually, he doesn't say that, but he may think it. Yikes. But you don't know that. But you don't know that. Here's your, li- here's your license plant. <laughs> Just go to the next town and sell it for more. There you go. That's an idea. All right, so, so he quickly escapes his shop after he's shoved everything else into the sack, and he goes elsewhere to see who he can sell his medical herbs to who are in need. It's kind of a jerk thing to do in a town full of dying people. (laughs) Nobody appreciates him, so they're going to appreciate him even less. It's a real self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) Alright, so you have an inn on fire. Uh, Asina, you are wandering around. There's a couple of people who have been poisoned, and presumably you're uh, using your water magic to help put out these buildings? Yes, anything that's needed. Okay. Uh, so you are you are charging up, and people are, there's a couple of crowds that are starting to gather around you that are just sort of looking at you and wonder at your sword's ability to just so effortlessly put out these flames. So you're becoming a little bit of a hero around town, and they're taking a liking to you. And meanwhile, Zebu is not poisoned, but Tornell still is. <laughs> so you might want to get that looked at real quick. You do have a teammate who can recover status ailments. I do? Yeah, she's out putting out buildings right now. Yeah, I'm going around healing people. There you go. My healing magic. All right. I'm going. I'm going to go beg her to use that on me then. Okay. Incessantly. So Asina, Tornell approaches you, and he's uh, flushed with poison. Hi. Yeah. I hear you can cure these kind of things. (laughs) Recover. I have absolutely no useful non-combat skill. Maybe I'll disguise myself sometime. You, you, you could transform one of the injured townsperson into a person who doesn't look like they're bleeding. <laughs> you could transform yourself into somebody they don't recognize so they don't hate you. Well, now Here, if, I've, if I've been cured, then now I spend a, my time... A brief taste of your life before you were horribly deceived. Yes, we're the best wise men. You could disguise Art. yourself as a townsperson who's died, hide their body, and go around going, Oh, man, these wise men are so great. <laughs> so, Zebu, you make... I, like, disguise myself as, like, I don't know, Angelina Jolie or George Clooney or something. They're like... Uh, None of whom exist in this world, unfortunately. Zebu, you make your way into the palace to uh, see if there was anybody injured in there, and it looks like there's just this swath of destruction uh, down the main hallway from the throne room where people and walls were just blasted away with fire. So there are some survivors, and you're healing them now. Okay. Uh, Why not? I don't know how to heal them. I'm probably just, I don't know, saying walk it off. You poke them with your sword until they stop complaining. I mean, whatever works. 
All right, so, so <laughs> Kensu is going around. Roll a um, I don't know. Roll a charisma check, Kensu. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's not good. Okay. Uh, nine. <laughs> Everyone starts to cry a little bit when you walk past them with your pep talk. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so the, the Patch Adams, like even somehow he was like a John Leguizamo was Patch Adams. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Lovely. So you go about <laughs> trying to to patch Adams up the town as best as you can, and it's just not as pretty as it was before. You manage to keep the buildings uh, aside from the roof that collapsed on the armor shop. You manage to keep the buildings pretty intact. The uh, structural damage. The Amish could do this in a day. <laughs> These are not the Amish. <laughs> well, there's got to be crystallized Amish around here somewhere. Well, you can roll some search checks and maybe you'll find some. So the structural damage on the, the buildings, the few buildings uh, that there are, is not so bad. And the people who are dead, um, their condition is unchanged. But as for the people who are injured, uh, you have a lot of people who are skeptical but uh, gradually becoming more grateful. The people in the palace had no idea what was going on outside. So Zebu you're their best friend right now. Yes. The people outside are starting, like I said, really starting to take a liking to Asina, who is just being this wonder magician who seems to, from their perspective, be single-handedly rescuing this town. Kensu is making everybody cry as he walks around with his pep talks. And Tornell is just sort of doing his <laughs> uh, tourist I'm, I'm walking around to different houses, just kind of blowing on them. <laughs> you, you can fight fire with fire. Yeah. Yes, I'm going around saying, well, your mother and father may be dead, but at least you get to claim the insurance money. <laughs> yeah, right. that sounds about right. That's why so, I said So you're at it for about a uh, half hour to an hour. You're, you're at it for about an hour. By the time everything's done, everybody's calm and calm enough and back together. And they start to resume their normal lives as best they can, if they can. Uh, they start to... After an hour? After an hour. After an hour. Um, After an although, hour. Like, well, most of these people, back to normal. Most of these people resuming their normal lives is standing behind a counter waiting for people to buy something from them or wandering around town with no real purpose. <laughs> so many pieces to pick up. I mean, we might have been doing this town fake. If that's their lives. I'm just going to put that out there. So Evans comes back over to you, and he's, he takes a little bit of a bow, and he, he says, I genuinely thank you for assisting in, in the cleanup of this town. You are more noble than you appeared to be at first. And just have more appreciate that. What, what is the plan for this town's economic recovery? Because I think we need some serious stimulus here, because this place is kind of a crap hole. One boat? A crap hole. There's a crap hole before. It's slightly more of a crap hole now. Only slightly, because it was a pretty big crap hole before. It was actually I, a very nice, pretty, pleasant town until you got here. I was it? There are five houses, and no one does anything. It's like Greece. It's like every town. <laughs> but more green and more water. I don't know. I think you're uh, the other candidate, uh, the sorcerer. What was her name? Sorceress Sabera. Yeah, Sorceress Sabera. I think she's uh, currently in the lead at the moment. Uh, Kensu, no offense. She's leading in the popular poop. 
Actually, Asina is uh, leading in popularity right now, but Evan says, we'll, we'll call a, a town council meeting, and we will yeah. make sure that everything is put back into its place and that Portoa's <laughs> former glory will be restored. In the meantime... Okay. Very well. In the meantime, the way should be open to you in the palace if you want to get on with your quest. I pray that you don't bring this kind of destruction to every place that you visit. No, just most of them. Just most of them. 70% tops. So he gestures towards the palace. I'm already there. So. All right. Yeah. I'm in there healing them up. All right. So you're in the palace. The uh, the main vestibule there has a couple of branching rooms out of it, uh, that just standard fair tables, chairs, that sort of thing. And when you go into the throne room, the throne room is very pretty, and you've got a um, almost nothing in the room actually. It's it's pretty, but it's mostly empty. There's a throne at the back of the room, and and not too much else. But there is a door in the back right corner, and there is a guard, a very generic-looking guard, uh, with a little bit of a mustache, standing in front of the door. And he says, Halt! Who goes there? He, he's been here just while the entire town was destroyed. When we came through and were, like, checking things out, he's just been there, and he has no idea what's going on. I was told to guard the door. Really? I mean, I was told to you, guard hear, the door. you hear screams of horror... And destruction. There's no way you could not have heard them. We destruction. You can't actually hear anything from the throne room. It's a giant empty space. It must echo like the Dickens in here. Inside, yes, but there are no windows to the outside, and there are several rooms and chambers around this that are absorbing the sound before it gets here. I didn't design They're it. I marble. Not, no, not we're not. He was. Just... I just heard the door. I call shenanigans. I think this guy is a spy for Severa, and I want him taken into custody. He was just trying to do his job, Kensu. He's trying to do his job for Severa. So were the Nazis. <laughs> Take him away. Yeah. All right, all right. No, no more references <laughs> comparing this to other things that it's clearly not like. <laughs> he stands in front of the door. He says, I can't move from here. I've been given orders. By Stavera. By the queen. You Who can't disobey orders. Listen, listen, little man. You have a very important choice right now. You can either be on the side of Stavera, the evil queen of um, fire and exposition, <laughs> or <laughs> you can be on the side of the people that are going to kick her ass. Which side would you prefer to be on right now? I, I prefer to be on this side of the door where I'm guarding it, which is all that I've been ordered no, to just, do. How about you stay? You can stay on this side of the door. Just move like a couple feet to the right so we can get through said door. I'm sorry, I can't do that. It is my duty to stand in front of this door. Well, this is oh, well, well. The two of them are arguing. I'm going back outside to find uh, the woman at the what was it? The pawn shop? Yes. Because for some reason, I think I rolled a knowledge genre check, uh, I seem to have a feeling that she may be able to uh, solve this issue. All right. You go in and she says, well, hello. How are you? Uh, I say, look, I know you're the queen. She says, I beg your pardon? Oh, if only I were the queen. If only I were that beautiful, that elegant, that wise. Oh, my God. You flatter me. Hey. 
I'm gonna I'm back in the castle. I'm gonna go yep. around the corner. I'm gonna turn to the queen. And then I'm gonna come back and tell him like, "Go take Bob." Okay, make sure that you use your magic points for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you come back in and you tell him, go take five. And he says, yes, right away, my queen. I could use a nap. And then he walks out of the room. Done. I catch up with everybody else. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. I'm just like, wait, why am I not doing The pawn shop owner waves at you and says, goodbye. I think you're thinking of the fortune teller. Was it? (laughs) Close enough. They're next door. So you go into the secret passageway, and the door opens up into a cave. It's almost as though someone just built the palace on the side of this cave and never bothered to finish. They just left a back door into the cave. And it's a, um, this part of it at least seems to have been formed by water rushing through it. The walls are very smooth. It's, uh, just a very standard brown dirt, uh, sort of a grainy, or not grainy, but very smooth. Um, brown is the word that I'm looking for. Uh, walls and dirt and dirt and walls. And there's a river. That flows through the middle of this. As you come in, there's a nice, neat right angle that turns to the right of where you're standing. And there's a river coming in at a T-junction. And you can see to the east uh, that the river goes north, goes uh, narrows and goes south a little bit. uh, And also goes east out uh, into the distance. It looks like um, the cave opens up and... uh, back into the water or the pond or the lake, whatever it is around it, you see a small opening uh, on the north side, on the other side of the uh, the, the junction here. I, get, I called it a T-junction, didn't I? No, it's not really. It's, it's more of a plus junction, whatever you call them. A four-way stop, if you will, for the river. Uh, so you do see a door on the other side. Um, so you are right now... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this, actually. But uh, at any rate, you are on the dirt... Uh, with the river to your east, and the you can follow the cave uh, up to the north, and I can also just uh, send you the picture of the map so that you know what I'm talking about, even though our listeners may have no clue, because I found I am completely inept at describing uh, something that has a uh, river going down the middle of the hallway and then dirt that you can walk on on either side of it. Yes, it's all clear now. Uh, at any rate, you're here. And you can right now follow the dirt along the wall and uh, go up around the intersection and go north from there. So you do! Okay. (laughs) Presumably. And as you start to walk by, uh, you notice that the water here is deceptively deep, and the mere thought of crossing it without a bridge fills you with some sort of irrational dread. However... uh, Roll a... Anybody who's got a spellcraft or a uh, geography check, knowledge... Uh, geography or a spellcraft check. I've got geography. I have arcana. Does that count? Oh, yeah, arcana is good too. Uh, spellcraft is not what I'm looking for. Arcana. Okay. Ooh, uh, I got a one. You suffer mild brain damage from trying to think about magic. Yikes. Geography. Uh, geography, I have an 18. An 18? Yes. <sighs> There's something about this spot along the river that you're noticing uh, 
up close there. The the river seems to narrow a little bit, and it it looks like the conditions at this spot are I, ideal for making some sort of a makeshift bridge. You can't quite think of how you might do it, but uh, if you wanted to cross over this this little narrow spot here, would probably be the place to do it. But you continue along the edge, and now you go north, and it looks like this part uh, was not this part of the cave is a little more rough uh, and ragged, rocky. And you've got uh, little nublets of rock sticking out everywhere, and the water seems to deepen a little bit, and you catch a whiff of uh, salty sea air. And you see on the other side of the water, the water starts to cross over and then spread out to the north and south wall as the tunnel comes in and pulls around to the west. Um, and the the water expands out to reach both sides of the cave. So basically, your little patch of dirt that you're walking north on suddenly comes to an end and meets the water. On the other side, the opposite shore there, about you know, 50 feet across or so, uh, you can see that there is a dolphin that uh, is half-beached with a large gash running across its side. The dolphin is still alive, but barely. Each breath it takes looks like it might be its last. I'm trying to kill the dolphin. You would need to get across the water first, but you're, as I said, filled with this irrational dread of trying to cross the water. What's that? Can I make, like, the water part for me, seeing as how I'm, I have this sword of water? Uh, you, the higher the charge of your sword, the more like ice it becomes than water. So, oh. so can I charge up my sword and make an ice bridge? Yes, you can. And actually, um, combining brain power with Tornell, you find that that little... Uh, narrow passage back a little ways would be a perfect place to do that. I tell everyone, I think that's a bad idea. Sorry, I rolled a one. (laughs) (laughs) No good. (laughs) All right, so, Asina, you want to head back there and do that? Yeah. All right. You charge up your sword to level two and unleash your triangular blast of uh, icy water, and as as the projectile zips across the water, it leaves behind this trail of sparkles that grow and solidify into what looks to be a bridge made out of ice cubes. <laughs> Very large, thick ice cubes that don't appear particularly slippery that you can walk over to cross over to the other side. I do that. 50 experience points for you. And additionally, while we're, uh, while we're doling out experience points, 150 experience to both Zebu and Sina for going around and tending to the wounded. And an extra 20 that I forgot, Asina, from the previous session for uh, assisting the woman there. And for Tornell, for at least attempting to do something productive around town, you get a uh, a 25 pity experience. Guess who got 200 experience points? Hint, it wasn't you. (laughs) Guess who got like. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> so you have your lovely ice bridge, and you cross over, and you're now on the south side of the river that divides this tunnel, and you can see a little bit of an opening uh, that has a door in it to the south that uh, presumably goes into one of the buildings that was nearby the palace. I wonder which building it could be. I wonder. So it's a pawn shop. You open up. <laughs> Continue. You open up the door and find yourself in 
what looks to be just a plain old average building. You have a large counter that divides the uh, the room into two parts. The part behind the counter has the door that you just came through and another door that you haven't been to, but from the look of it goes back into the tunnel. And you've got the door to the outside. You've got windows, but they're all shuttered right now, so it's dark in here. Only a little bit of light is uh, coming through. But you spot an envelope on the counter. Take the envelope. All right. Asina takes the envelope, and it's not sealed or anything. You can just uh, pick it right up and open it. And there is a small note inside. That says, congratulations, you're now a fortune teller. The shop is yours. Thank you for inquiring within. Oh, I'm a fortune teller, huh? <laughs> Apparently. Good work, everyone. So, you now have a fortune teller shop and a door to And open. I'm a fortune teller. Apparently. Who would have thunk it? Oh, are we playing SimCity now? Would we get away from Crystalis or something? Uh, if you want to, you can... Uh, T- uh, sit there and uh, talk to people, have them tell you their troubles, or you can uh, go through the other door and see where this tunnel takes you. Other door. Other door. Oh, no, I kind of like listening to troubles. I don't know. Someone can kind of tell fortunes while we go off to that door and make us some money. Can you make money making telling fortunes? Sure, man. Hey, Kensu, you're the one who can transform and has telepathy. I think you'd be best to... Uh, I don't think I have telepathy. I have I can I have uh, transformation and flight. Who is it who has telepathy? Yep. Tornell is the one who has telepathy. Oh. Yeah. oh. So uh, I guess I can just sit there and sell fortunes to whoever comes by while they look in that door. <laughs> so I put out a sign that says one hundred fifty dollars per fortune. Okay. One twenty-five for pretty ladies. <laughs> All right. You sit there. You sit there for a little while. Um, you don't happen to have a profession fortune teller as one of your skills, do you? Uh, no, but neither do most fortune tellers. <laughs> All right. So you sit there for a little while, and the rest of the party goes off to explore, and uh, we'll catch up back with Tornell in a little bit. So the rest of the party begins to explore the rest of the underground channel. And you come up on the other side. Uh, you're now on the south side of this tunnel and uh, on the other side of the, the cross, the junction at the river. And you see another narrow band of water that you could probably create a bridge over. Bridge that shape. Okay. Yay! Okay. So Asina charges up and releases, and you now have a nice ice bridge that goes north across the water. And now you can go east into the little hole in the wall. Or you can go left around the corner toward the dolphin. Uh, I like the dolphin. I like the dolphin. Okay. So you ignore the uh, little hole in the wall that seems to lead into a different place, and you go west around the corner. You're now headed north. The river turns, or the, the dirt around the river turns sharply. And you come up to another section that has a narrow band of water. This one's a puzzle. <laughs> what do you do? Hint. You charge up your sword and create another ice bridge. Wonderful. Great job, Asina. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you I head across. Didn't I had to say that every time. Sorry. <laughs> you head across, and you now come upon the dolphin that's sitting there. And the dolphin kind of lifts its snout up and looks in your general direction. And it begins squawking and squeaking and squealing at you. Does somebody have a metal club? Oh, wait, I do. 
<laughs> so I give it a medical herb. Okay, you rub the medical herb over its wounds, which start to heal and close immediately. And the thing looks up at you and, go, and squawks and squeaks and squeals some more a little bit excitedly. And uh, after staring at you for a moment, seems to realize that you just are not comprehending anything that it's saying. So it uh, looks at you for a moment, and then its, its head shakes a little bit. And then, without any warning, it uh, spits up a small shell flute in front of you that lands at your feet. And it waves a flipper at it, and then swims away. Investigate shell flute? Yes, you pick it up. It is uh, slimy with dolphin goo, and it uh, is this quaint little uh, palm... It fits nicely into the palm of your hand, and it is a shell that has a couple of holes uh, in it that looks – well, it, this one doesn't have a couple of holes in it. Um, it's just sort of natural markings that kind of look like holes, but it's a shell that uh, looks like it could be played as a flute. You've seen people um, down by water sides where there are shells take shells kind of similar to this and uh, turn them into musical instruments. I'm just going to throw this out there. Is it possible that the – Dolphin was not in need of a medical herb, but really more in need of not choking to death on the shell flute? Um, it is entirely possible, but the humongous gash along the side of it would indicate that a medical herb would probably be fine. Uh, okay. Um, I'm just going to assume there was someone who came along, cut up this dolphin, and then shoved the flute down its mouth. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Okay. Just, really, just, what just, other explanation could there be? Next time on the Game Cola D&D cast, it turns out that destroying an ecosystem for personal gain actually has consequences. Be there!